Intergalactic Ace, designed by Jack Castorf, with art by Jack Castorf, and published by Art of Steel. You're the new hotshot rookie space pilot on the block, and it's time to prove that you have what it takes. The only way to do this is to score five victories in one-on-one dogfights and become an intergalactic ace. Play begins with each player rolling to see who goes first, and the first player is marked with a special token to show who began the game. The goal of the game is to defeat enemy ships represented by cards, or even to battle it out with other players and steal their hard-earned kills. Remember, first to five wins. On their turn, players may upgrade by either choosing an upgrade card, assigning three upgrade points to any resource they wish, or by taking one scan resource point. Second, they can choose to use that scan by turning over the top three cards on the enemy ship card deck and then save a card to fight on a later turn. Finally, you can choose to enter a dogfight. Reveal the top card of the enemy ship card deck or you can choose to fight a saved card from the previous scan. Either way, if your resources are high enough, we turn to the dice. The pilot rolls two six-sided dice and if the roll is higher than the defensive level of the enemy ship, then it's a kill. If you draw the right card, you get the chance to face off against another player. In that case, the defensive rating is always a 7, and if you win the roll, you get to steal one of their kills. The game ends when a player becomes an ace with 5 kills, and that round is completed. If during the round another player scores their 5th victory, then ship resources will be compared to see who wins. So strap in, check your scope, and see if you have what it takes to become an ace. All right, so we got another game review that we're doing for a game that is currently being crowdfunded. Uh, this one's over on GameFound. Now, the last one, we were fortunate enough to somebody kind of reach out to us uh, when we did Gadget Grid. This one, uh, the designer was looking for a few more people to take a look at it and give a review, and I volunteered our services. Uh, they did send it to us pretty quickly. It's taken us a couple weeks to get around to finishing this up. So we're going to talk Intergalactic Ace from Ace of Steel Publishing. Right. So we got this game. The reason it's kind of taken us a little while to put out this review of it, uh, we like to send a copy over to the designer with some of our initial thoughts and then get them to come back with us with maybe explanations on questions we had or rules clarifications if there's anything like that. Just to make sure that when we actually put out a review, that we are understanding of all the components and all the pieces that how they fit together so that any criticisms or anything like that we have are fair. I, I think that's a big, big thing that we wanted to make sure of across any game that we review, especially newer ones that are not quite at market. So, uh, yeah, let's I, I guess let's jump into this. Uh, this game, first off, um, it looks gorgeous on the table. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I really like the components and kind of looking into it a little bit. Um, this is the first game that they're making, and it seems that they have a business uh, where they're doing like laser cut wood. Right. So that's where they got the components from. So they're making them themselves is what it seems like. First off, they look great. Uh, like I'm absolutely for this. Like I'm just going to make it myself stuff. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it did really well. The um, all the ships, which are your player boards that you get, are cut out of like a lightweight wood. Um, kind of think like balsa, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then the components, as far as the pegs that you use to track, are all cut. And I mean, I don't think I had any issues with any of the components like fitting or staying in place. 
Some of them stuck a little bit, but I think the copy that we got is also a prototype copy, and it, it wasn't allowed to dry all the way, so there's a little bit of stick in there. Yeah. Again, prototype copy. The final one, I'm pretty sure, is going to be fine. But, I mean, even then, I mean, everything stayed in place. I didn't have to worry about knocking stuff off. Um, that went really well. The ship tokens that you get to mark your kills all fit onto the ships. Um, they've got, like, a little cutout in them and stuff. Yeah. It all felt really good from the component standpoint. Yeah, it's nice to see a game that is made out of all wooden components as opposed to like the plastic stuff that we usually get um, with most modern games, which I know a lot of that is cost saving effectiveness and, you know, things like that. So that's one that kind of sets this one apart from other kind of modern games is that full everything is pretty much made out of wood. Everything fits together pretty nicely. Uh, like you said, I didn't have any problems either with my board. There were a couple of them a little sticky, but not nothing, nothing that would cause me to not want to get or play this game. Right, right. Components were great. Um, let's jump into gameplay because that is where we have spent the majority of our time working with this game. Now, we've probably gotten, geez, we've probably gotten more plays on this game than we have of anything else on our shelf right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that's that's probably true. I think part of that was because we were kind of struggling with how to how we wanted to describe this game. Yeah, because uh, that's a, a lot to it. Um, so with the initial kind of uh, intro section we did on this, I um, kind of gave a little overview of, of how the game works. Uh, but basically, it's a game where you're trying to rack up these kills. Uh, you're trying to get five kills um, to in order to win the game. First person to five wins. It uses mainly a dice rolling mechanic for combat, um, as well as you have a few stats that basically matter to see if you can actually fight whatever you flip over from the deck. First off, let's let's just get this out of the way. This game is heavily random. Yes. Like, it, yeah. Everything about the game, or the vast majority, from your starting card to your upgrade card to who you're going to fight. There is a lot of randomness in there. There are a few mechanics that kind of help mitigate some of that, but not enough for it to make like that much of a difference. Like the way I kind of describe it is I feel like I have an equal chance of winning this game if I'm sitting across the table from you, who is a, you know, like board game semi expert. I, I don't know what the rule. I don't, I don't know how we classify board game people. Um, or if I'm sitting across from somebody that's never played board games before. Right. I, and to be fair, he did um, reply back to us yeah. in, in the communications we had with him saying that designing this game, the thought process behind it was he was looking to create a game that he could play with people who are not really board gamers. Exactly. Right. People that really kind of are just going to play the game. They're not going to worry about strategy. They're not like some of us who by the second go around in a game, we're already trying to figure out what like the best path to the win condition is because there is no clear path in this. Yeah. You, you are at the mercy of the dice. Yeah. Right. And that being said, as people who oftentimes put themselves at the mercy of dice playing TTRPGs, to me, there are still too many feel bad moments. So my kind of comparison as we were talking through this was um, when you're playing like an RPG and you have these moments where you roll great on the dice and something great happens, like everyone celebrates that moment. Like it is it is a great moment. You did the thing. 
here it just doesn't feel like the payoff like offsets the the bad part right so i as you're playing this game when you flip over a card from the enemy deck it's completely random what card you'll get it could be one of the enemy ships it could be another player all sorts of those things if you don't have the stats to fight that ship that fork out you automatically lose stats right they you're there are four resources on each of the ships that are weapons speed maneuvering and cloaking and those are the four resources that you have to use to compare to whoever you're going to go up against, right? So if you right. flip over a card and it's an enemy ship, they give you those four stats. You have to be equal or greater in three of those stats to actually get into the dogfight. Now, this is after you've already spent your three fuel to jet into the into the dogfight to begin with. Yeah. Then you have to do a retreat and you lose one point in each of those stats. Same thing if you're going up against another player. That's the part where it just kind of, it's it's like a kick. Like it... Not only can do you not have an opportunity to try to get a kill after already spending your turn plus the three fuel, you also now lose stats that you need to have built up in order to fight another thing. And that's the basic version of the game. Also, there is the mechanic of the scan yep. that we can talk about, and that kind of mitigates that. So what you do, one of the resources that you have on your ship, you can have up to two scan points. And you can get those either by, if you draw an upgrade card that has a scan on it, which are few and far between. So, again, some randomness there. Or you can do what's called a manual upgrade, where you can either assign three resource points to any other stat on your player board. Or you can take one scan point. And the scan, I think, is huge for actually working your way into a win. Because what you can do is you can draw the top three cards off of the enemy card deck. And then save one that you want to fight later. Because you can't fight and scan in the same turn. Right. So it does cost you a turn to do this. But that's it. A turn and one scan point. Then you can look at the top three. Find one that you think you can defeat. Or one that you may be able to go up against later. And hold it until you're ready to to actually fight that card. Right. So what that mitigates the randomness of the card deck. But... One of, I mean, so one of the games we played, I actually had a scan card ready to go for my fifth kill. It came around to my turn. I flipped the card. I was gonna fight it, and then still rolled and didn't get it. Right, and it was a low defense rating too. Yeah, and it's one of those things that it. Nothing it, is guaranteed. Yeah, I, I still, again, I use this. I will use this term a lot as we talk about this game. It, it was a feel bad moment. Yeah. And those those happen in board games, especially when you're dealing with dice. And I, I get that. I understand it. I've played enough games to get that. But I also played enough games to know that if that is the only thing that you have giving to players, it makes it tough for them to want to come back. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that that being said, I we have we've tried multiple strategies to try and figure out if there's a way to kind of mitigate this. Um, and the designer did send us um, kind of a reminder. There's a section in the back of the rule book with homebrewed rules. Yes. Basically um, some things that kind of change the way the gameplay works. Uh, but I, I think because a core mechanic of this is not only the dice rolling, but the randomness of the draw deck. Yeah. I, I, it's tough to, to mitigate that with this. Now I will say one of our one of our critiques about this game is that it takes a long time to build up your stats 
in order to be able to viably go after ships. Right, because at the very beginning, you get a starter card, which places resources onto your player's board. But it's like two or three of each, right? It's not a lot. And playing through it, we kind of... The magic number that we found for your combat stats, I think, was seven. Yeah. If you have all four of your combat stats at seven, then you should be able to um, enter a dogfight with anything you flip over. Yeah, it was about 80% of the deck. I think you were fine. Not because it doesn't include the player cards that are in there. Right. Which we'll talk about that here in a minute. Um, But most of everything else you'd be able to fight. But again, if you didn't get that, if you were in that 20%, you automatically lose one from every other stat. Right. I was going to say the, the the risk versus reward is still, still brutal. Yeah. Um, but what it does, there is a section or a um, homebrew rule set that you can use that kind of mitigates that. And I, I think, honestly, it should be included just base game. So let's talk about what's actually in the homebrew section. So there are a few optional variants that he put in the rule book specifically. The main one that that I think should be included, uh, you know, bar none, is the one called fully loaded. So instead of just getting a starter card at the beginning to basically set your stats, you also get dealt three upgrade cards, which the upgrade cards are random in the stats that they affect. Some of them do affect across the board, but most of them are like two or three points here or there just to kind of give you that boost. Right. Um, again, random, just so you know. But, but in the base game right now, the way it works is you have to spend your first three rounds minimum upgrading. At le- yeah, at least that. If you get lucky draws on that. Right. Most of the time, it's probably four or five. So what this does is basically gives you those first three rounds. Right. So you start with these upgrades instead of having to wait to get into them. Yeah. So that does probably shorten the game time, which isn't very long anyway. So I I think that's fine. But it does allow you to actually get into the meat of the game faster, faster. Yeah. Um. So I I think one hundred percent that should be straight up make that part of the game, and then you can run from there. We also tried a variant of our own where. We started with all of your combat stats at five, and then you add the starter card onto it, and that helped as well. That really jumped you right in. Yeah. Uh, I think something something along those lines needs to happen to eliminate those initial turns. Now, uh, argument can be made that somebody could try to go for a card early or try to use those turns to get scans or something like that. So I do see that, but honestly, although scans help out, I, and maybe it's my experience, but I still, the cost of a turn in this game is so influential. Yes. Because if you go down one turn, it can mean the difference between winning and losing because there's no real catch-up mechanic. Right. Um, some of the other uh, variants that they have in here. So there's a shields-up variant, which in normally when you have a player-versus-player player fight, the role that you have to beat is 7, which is kind of an average. This allows the role to be based on the player's shields, which the shields is a 1 through 10 number on the player board. So it's possible the player will have more shields, but more than likely, it's probably going to be less. Right. Um, So that's one of them. Uh, The next one that he actually recommended was go to warp, 
which when you are playing this game, you want to fight something, you spend your three fuel. This allows you to spend three additional fuel to raise the dice number by one. Yeah. See, that doesn't seem like a lot after playing the game. I mean, you're giving up three more fuel, which is essentially another turn at a fight somewhere for just one on 2d6. Yeah. I, I would, if it were me, I would have changed that mechanic and let you like re-roll one of the dice. Ah, uh, yes. I, I think that that is a good choice. Um, uh, yeah, I, I think the ability to re-roll would be excellent because I feel like it needs to be equivalent. Yeah. So if you can spend three fuel to fight something, then you should be able to three spend three fuel to like re-roll. Yeah. Um. I yeah. I I think that would be an excellent fix, honestly. Um. Uh, because one point. So the the only there are only two numbers in which one point makes a difference. The tie number and the number just below it. Yeah. Those are the only two numbers out of 12 numbers that make a difference. Right. Meaning the only thing that's going to change anything is going to be right there. If the defensive level is a six, right? And you roll anything other than a five or a six, just adding one point does nothing for you. Yep. Yeah. And I do like it does make sense that you can wait and see what your roll is to add it. So. Like, you don't waste it, yep. but I still think it's not influential enough for one for three fuel. Yeah. Um, sure, if you were in that spot where you tied, then yeah, that would make it great. Or if you were below and you could move it to a tie, yeah, that's great. But again, you're talking about a one in six chance of being able to actually make use of that. Yeah. Whereas, if you roll low, then you're talking about every number below that. Right. <laughs> Plus right, you, exactly. You also get an opportunity to try and make it better. Now, bringing it back that that creates risk versus reward, because then if you're if you're tied with it, you know it's going to be you know the only thing you lost was a turn and three fuel, which sometimes that's the best you can ask for. But it gives you the opportunity to wager yourself to whether or not you want to try and go for a win. Right. You may still tie or you may still lose, but I think putting that in the player's hands is good. Yeah, I like that a lot better. Because you get to, you're actually getting to affect something, and you're not really leaving it to that random roll. Yeah, uh, it gives you an opportunity, yeah, to really try again. <laughs> now, I I like push your luck mechanics. Uh, one of my favorite games is actually the Quacks of Quedlinburg, which is a bag building game where you are trying to um, draw tokens out of your bag and put them on your pot and you're trying not to let it explode. So it, it is it is a constant push your luck mechanic to try and, you know, put more ingredients into the pot without hopefully making it explode. So that mechanic right there is right up my alley. Like 100%, let's throw some push your luck in there because I mean that that's one that is what it is, absolutely. Right. Uh, but it also provides an opportunity if you did get a bad roll to bail yourself out. Yeah, and or like at that. least try to. Yeah. Um, and I think that helps mitigate the feel bad <laughs> moments, uh, <laughs> at least in, in that regards. Yeah, I think it would make like a huge difference in just how you feel going into your turn. Because when you do go into your turn, one thing that I've said is this game feels more focused on the resource management than the actual combat. And the game is about being an intergalactic ace. Right. So that kind of it just like and I get it in the real world. Believe me. If you're going to blow something up, it takes a lot of planning, but I'm not in the real world. I want to play. I'm, I'm here to have, this is for me having fun. Right. Right. So I'm ignoring all of that. Um, 
because that's what you want. You want you know you want the win. You want the big moment. I like that change. That just that simple change. Yep. So one of the other variants is change your luck. Uh, it recommends, or it says you can use a D12 instead of 2D6. Honestly, I don't think that changes a whole lot. Um, with the exception of you have a... 2 is the lowest you can roll on 2D6. You can roll a 1 on a D12. But that doesn't really matter here because there's nothing with that low of a of a thing. Right. Um, but the other thing that it adds is in player versus player battles, it's a roll-off. Yes. That is something that I think needs to be standard. Yeah, I, I think that is a great addition. Now, I guess let's let's use this as a quick segue to talk about player versus player battles because I want to get this in to tie it together. Right now, player versus player is completely random. Yes. You have to draw the card from the deck or scan the card from the deck in order to be able to fight one of the other players. I don't like that. Uh, because what happens is that feels it it feels bad if you are the player with the least amount of resources and you draw fight the player to your left this guy has won every fight he's had he's never had his resources knocked down meanwhile you've been getting the shit kicked out of you because of bad rolls or whatever right you have no option you immediately have to retreat off of that because your combat resources those four important ones are going to be well below his so you're going to lose one more of those and you've got to run. Especially if they're at like nines or tens. Yeah. The only way you're going to be able to fight them is if you are also at nines and tens. I don't like that. Yeah. So we were kind of brainstorming an idea of how to kind of mitigate that or fix that. One, I think you take those cards out of the deck. I, I don't think the player versus player should be random. Yeah, I'm with that. Um, I, I propose possibly making it a choice. Um, and then we... We talked about, well, we don't want to keep picking on the same person over and over. So Disney Villainous, um, if you guys haven't played, is a wonderful game where you get to play as one of the villains. Mm -hmm. um, you Each one is does different things and has different goals and all that. That's all great. But the mechanic that I would bring over from that is the fated mechanic. Yeah. So in the game, you can what's called fate somebody, which means you basically pull something from the hero deck and put it on their board. It's usually one of the good characters from their their respective movies. But once that happens, that person cannot be fated again until another person is right. Or in a larger player setting, there are two of those. So it has they get two opportunities to, you know, somebody else has to be done. I think something like that would be beneficial in here i i don't know what you would necessarily call it stardocked sure uh wonderful i'll 100 i'm the big idea guy that's what i'm here for <laughs> but something like that would be awesome because um obviously they want to take the opportunity to hit the person right like because that's if somebody gets behind that's an easy hit and i know what you're thinking man that sounds like that would feel bad yeah you're right it would kind of suck at first but then that automatically leaves that person is good until somebody else attacks. Right. So it gives them, I would say, at least a couple turns to build up. Because what happens in player versus player battles, when you beat that player, you steal one of their kills. Unless right? they don't have any, and in which case you take shields. Right. Um, and as the game kind of plays, shields are less important than kills, obviously. Um, but this offers an opportunity for a catch-up mechanic. Yes, 
that's that's the big thing that I think this game is missing. Because in all of our plays, the biggest thing that we found out, if somebody gets ahead early, it's very hard to beat them. Yeah. Because the only thing you are relying on is them to have unlucky draws, which once you reach a certain level in your resources, you're, there is no unlucky draw. Or it relies on a unlucky dice roll. Right. Which even then, I mean, that's not... Some people get hot yeah. at the table, man. <laughs> and it and it's only takes five to get them to win. So... Yeah. um. What this would allow is then you would be able to target that person specifically. Mm -hmm. So it, if we keep the resource rules the same way, it would allow it would force you to have to have good resources, which that is what it is. But if you had those resources and could actually fight them, then you would be able to try and steal their kill to make it as a catch up. Yeah, yeah. Which I I think that is one of the things this game needs. I don't know if that's necessarily the best way to do it, but I think it should always be an option right um and like i said using that faded mechanic or star docked as we are you know gonna <laughs> let him know uh it, it allows the a person who is behind to have a sort of immunity per se exactly um which helps to keep them give them opportunity to build up and build up and build up so that that's one of the changes we would make that i wanted to, as we mentioned player versus player stuff i don't mind the roll off mechanic necessarily no i kind of like that again i feel like you're getting more input into it it's not just random like here's a number i gotta beat i get one roll for it as a roll off you're getting to kind of like you're kind of getting to go head to head you know like my luck versus your luck which again intergalactic ace you're some hot shot rookie pilot you're gonna be pushing it every now and then right yeah so that kind of feels like it fits yeah i i could definitely see uh, like I said, I don't have a problem with that. Like I, I I'm not 100% sold on it being the best way, but I, I, I think it works. Yeah. Um. So the other one, uh, well, let's talk about the last variant that's actually mentioned in the book, and then we can talk. Keep going from there. Yeah. Um. So boss battles is the last one. Um. In order to fight an enemy ship card, you have to have superior or equal stats in all four combat categories. Also, if you roll a tie, you lose two stats from your best combat stat category. And if two or more are tied for the best, lose two stats from each category that are tied for the best. So, I don't like this one. <laughs> this one feels like it's just making the losses harder on you and the battles harder to get into. It doesn't necessarily change the makeup of combat. Yeah, this feels punishing to me. Yeah. Which I get it. It's called boss battles. So I I see the like I see the thing behind it, but um for me I don't know that this is one that I would include. Now, that being said, if we were able to make a sort of cooperative version of this game, um or a cooperative variant, mm-hmm. like that's when I think you include something like a boss battle sure, mode. Yeah. Like cuz that that screams to me like yeah, like this. This is this is something we're trying to work together to fight or something like that. Right. So I, I think as as the game sits now, it's probably not something I would ever play with, um, because it, it just feels almost too punishing to me. Right. Um, but yeah. So those are all the variants that are kind of included in in the book that we can talk about, or including in there and trying to to mix up the game a little bit. And we talked about kind of our thoughts on gameplay. The the one other thing that really just that I was not a fan of 
was it seems to me that the the combat stats are just arbitrary. Right. They're labeled as uh, weapons, cloaking, speed, and maneuverability. And to me, it feels like they don't do or mean anything with the exception of being an arbitrary comparison to another thing. Exactly. They could be one, two, three, four, and if you look at the card, the enemy ship card and one, two, three, four, you can compare ratings and that's it. Yeah. Right. It's just it's an arbitrary name that comes from sci fi. Like yeah, just, all these <laughs> kind of general ship ship yeah. things. Um one thing I would like to see um is making the stats matter. Like, for something other than just comparison features. Like, making it something as if, you know, if your speed is this many, like, you get an extra reroll, or you can reroll one die, or something like that. If your weapons are too greater than whatever you're fighting, you get plus one to your die roll. Yeah, exactly. Like, something along those lines that allow you to make them matter. Yeah. Like that way, they're not just these random numbers or these arbitrary numbers that are just for comparison's sake. But like, yeah, let's make them matter. If your if your cloaking is two or three greater than whatever you're fighting, maybe it's one easier to defeat them. Right, their defense you can is take one, one defense off of their defense rating. Yeah, yeah. what well, something like that that makes it like that makes it matter. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that that was the one thing for me that I. As somebody who comes from a magic card background where every number on that card means something. Right. Like, it matters in some way, not just for comparison's sake, but it it does something. I want to see that. I want to have that. And all these suggestions we're making does add some depth to this game. Right. It definitely adds more complexity. Right now, this thing is rated as a 2 out of 5 on BoardGameGeek for its complexity rating. So the stuff that we're adding would bump it to maybe a 3. Yeah, and of course, we're coming at this from the perspective of gamers, board gamers, people that play and do strategy. And and again, we're talking to the designer, uh, Jack, he said that this was designed to be as simple as possible because he was trying to keep it simple for people that didn't play games. And I can totally appreciate that. Yes. But you got to sell it to the public to get to the next one, right? Right. He did also talk about he his plan is to make an expansion. Yeah. More enemy cards, like a wager system maybe that you could put in there, which I kind of I love that mechanic. Yeah. Like yeah. these two are going to go at it and we get to play some bets on it beforehand. Yeah, I'm down for that. Like yeah. that would be good. But to get the expansion out, you got to get the game funded. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um and I and I got to tell you I feel like the bones of this game are solid. Yeah. Uh it's not it's not a bad game. Yes. There are some mechanics I feel that need tweaking. Like I, I said earlier, I feel like this was a a great first step in designing a game. Yeah. Right? Like, um, I, I feel like right now what we're doing is looking at it and saying, okay, how can it, how could this be better? How could I break this out, play a 15, 20-minute game of this, and walk away with everybody, like, relatively feeling good about it? Like, even if I lost... But I lost, and I was on the stick because I'm a ace. Uh, that's that's what I think I, I want more from this game, is I want to feel like my decisions matter. Yeah. And I feel like the randomness takes a lot of that right now from from where we're at. 
That being said, all this stuff that we've talked about adding, I mean, you could still have a simplified version. Yes. Like, this is how you play it if you don't want all these extra rules. Like, if you just want to straight up sit down, roll some dice, like, here's this game mode. Because we're not talking about changing any components or anything like that. Like, this would all be just additional rule sets. Um, I think if you take the player cards out, you'd probably want to include a few more ship cards um enemy cards because we cycled through the deck a couple times in a few different games right so and i do want to say too that the enemy ship cards are kind of awesome <laughs> yes yeah 100 percent. they're spoofs on well-known sci-fi right yeah. like there's one ship that uh, there's like the body of the ship and then on the back of it it has two engines that are connected like by long kind of like trailing arms and then there's a saucer section up front right a silhouette that anybody that has yeah. dabbled in sci-fi would recognize immediately um, from like the Star Trek series. But this one is named the USS Entrepreneurship, right? Because like Enterprise Entrepreneurship, like you got to see what he did there. Like I, I love that. Yeah. Right. Um, there's the there's a little bit of like potty humor in there with the TARDIS. Yep. You know, and instead of the police box, it's a Porta John. Yeah. Yeah. The enemy cards are great in their design and the creativity on those. And I think that falls back in with the components. Like, I love the components on the game. I really yeah. just, they feel so good. Our problem has just been with figuring out the gameplay. Yeah, and this is one, I, I will say from from my perspective, that this is something that, this isn't a game that I'm going to be like, ah, I don't want to play this ever again. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. it's not, it, like we said, it's not a bad game. Yeah. I think there are a few little tweaks and just some soft touches that could be done to make it. I don't even know if more like board gamer friendly would be the way to describe it. I, I think it's more like giving more player agency. That's like, a huge part. Yeah. And back, I think that's it. Back to the player. Yeah. Um, and I, I, so one of the things he said was he felt like when he played his um, in-laws in games all the time, he always smoked them. Yeah. Which that can happen easily in any kind of strategy game. If you're a you know a board gamer versus not, um, I still think there's enough in this game. If you tweak those rules, that anybody can still have that opportunity. Yeah, because um, there's there's always going to be a lot of randomness and chance in this game. Yeah, always. But I think some of the things that we recommended are kind of would change, allow the opportunity for a little more player agency in that. Um, just those little nudges here and there that don't change the overall core of the game, but still allow it to feel better. And I was going to say, that's going to be the big thing, is I think players are going to feel better if they can do more within the game. Yeah. Because it's there's nothing worse than losing a game and not knowing what you could have done differently. Yeah. Like, not having the option to have made different choices. Like, you made all the right choices, and you still lost. Yeah. Like sometimes that happens and that's going to happen occasionally. But I feel like in this game, as it sits, that's an every game scenario. Right. Yeah. Be- because it doesn't matter. It almost doesn't matter what you do. Like it's still like when you lose or when you win. It's all up to chance. Yeah. All right. So let's start out with components. We've already talked a lot about this. Right now, this is the strong point in this game. The components feel good. They look great. They're well printed. I mean, the cards are kind of basic card stock, and I'm good with that. Uh, They do what they're supposed to do. 
what's on the cards, the enemy ships are really well thought out. Like, it, it's fun. That's the fun part of this game. Yeah. yeah. Right? The, the only problem that I have is there's not enough of the enemy ships, which, again, he talked about in an expansion. He would definitely have a bunch more enemy ships to put in there, which I love that. That opens up the, the randomness to what you're going to fight or your opportunity there. Um, definitely need more of that. But, I mean, everything is good. It, the, the components are good with this. Yeah, uh, I think... So I like that not only are they really well made, they also fit into a nice little small box. Like, it's not a very large box game, which I I think there needs to be more of out there. Yeah. Um, I mean, I feel like Tiny Epic Games has really cornered the market on the small games boxes. Um, but this box isn't much bigger than that. Just it, give everybody some reference. Yeah, exactly. And there is still a good bit of game in this box. I, I do like the components a lot. I like that they're done out of wood. That is something you don't see very often. You know, we'll get into value later, but that may affect the price a little bit. Mm-hmm. But the fact that they're making them themselves, I think, probably helps to cut cost in that regards. Yeah. So, 100% components. I, I would give it a solid eight. Yeah, easy. Um, so, let's talk about gameplay. <laughs> I think we picked gameplay apart because that was where we had the biggest problem. Yep. Just from our point of view, from the board gamer point of view, um, the gameplay as it sits right now the basic level of gameplay is it's low, right? It's like, yeah. And I, I want to preface. Uh, I also want to say that we didn't mention this, but we ha- we did play this with other people who w- I would not necessarily consider to be board gamers. So um, we had some friends and family as you know, over the past couple of weeks as they've come over, we've broken this out and played it a couple of <laughs> times just to kind of get other people's perspectives on it. Um, because our initial kind of, our initial first look at it was not very profitable at all. Yeah. Um, and it just, it, it is what it is coming from our side. But after getting other perspectives on it, I, I like kind of where we've settled. But I do think gameplay as it sits right now is the the low mark for us. Yeah. And I'm probably, and it's five. I mean, it's, it, it, like you said, right now, there's just not a lot of feel good mechanics that kick in, right? Um, I want to say, though, that, Without changing a single thing on the physical side of the components and the boards and stuff, the, this game has potential to push way up into like sevens and eights easy. Yeah, 100%. Again, like you said, the bones of this game are good. The theme behind it is wonderful. Like the just all of that part is is great. I, I think it's just the, it's exactly what you said. The gameplay leaves players with too many feel bad moments. Yes. Yeah. And and I I think that's, that's all it is. If you can mitigate that, then you end up with an excellent game. Yeah. Because it's okay to have chance. It's okay to have randomness. I mean, hell, we love dice throne and that is all random. All random. Like, but I get three rolls. Yeah. To make something happen. Yeah. Yeah. And I think giving your players something that lets them take that agency. It, if it's, push your luck mechanic whatever that is i think makes the biggest difference yeah. when it comes to that so yeah i'm with you at a five on gameplay yeah um uh, yeah i i think like you said we picked it apart enough but i 100 i think that's the weak point here and i don't think it's it's not so bad that I'd be like, man, I never want to touch this game again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to be real clear on that. Like, yeah, we're giving an honest opinion, an honest review of this where it sits right now. God, we, I've probably played this thing twenty times. 
Yeah. Um, with just people coming in and everybody and probably more than that sitting down and just looking at it. But yeah, yeah, it's definitely not a, oh, this game sucks. Don't ever touch it. No, no, pick it up and figure out, you know, play it. I, I, I think that that's what this thing needs. It's just more play. Yeah, and I think he's open to adjusting rules to or, or using your own homebrew versions as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the fact that he includes those in the back of the book says it. I much. think that's great. Yeah. Yeah. And 100%, I think the the initial concept behind it is open enough to where you can do that. Um so, yeah, by all means, you know, yeah, it's still a good game. Yeah. So, let's talk about replayability. So, I think this is pretty good because this is one of those games that I would describe it more as a filler game. This is not yeah. your headliner of the night for sure. Yeah. Um, this is something when you have 20, 30 minutes to burn, like you can get in one, maybe two rounds of this. No problem. Sure. Um, so, I, I mean, honestly, I think this is probably a high, maybe seven for me. Yeah. For replayability. Yeah. Sure. The The only thing that I, I think right now hurts the replayability is. Again, this guy seems that he's building this whole game on his own, and the enemy ship cards, which are how you get your wins, are limited. Yeah. I think that's the big thing that's hurting replayability on it right now. If you're getting feel-good moments every time you do it, and you're getting the dopamine hit, like, the game is good. Like, yeah. I'll play it again, right? Yeah, I, I agree. I think that is the one place, um, is the cards. Yeah, uh, and I, the starter cards are fine. There's enough of those. No worries on that. Upgrade cards, they're probably okay too. Yeah. Maybe a little more of those, but they're probably fine. I really do. I agree. I think it's the enemy ships. If we could have more of those, yeah, I think that really helps out the replayability. I'm just all for more artwork and spoofs on like, <laughs> you know, like I loved that part of this game. It was so like I got a kick out of it because I'm a big sci-fi nerd anyway. Yeah. Right. And there's stuff from every universe. You know, there's you'll see Firefly stuff in here. You'll see DC Comics in here. Um, even like old school lore or maybe SpongeBob for like the floating Dutchman. Yeah. Right. Um, there's a lot in there on the enemy ship cards that were great. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely more of those would help with the replayability. Yeah. One hundred percent. So I think we're sitting at seven there. Uh, so let's talk value. So. Currently, this game is just on GameFound. Yes. Um, at $35 a copy. Yeah, I think it's 35 34 Yeah. Okay. Um, so that is the only kind of price point we have to go off of right now. Uh, and as we kind of alluded to before, I think a lot of that has to do with components. Um, being that it is a majority wooden components, uh, that just adds to the price, especially with the way wood is right now. I was going to say, wood's expensive right now. Yeah. Uh, but still for 35 bucks, I think this game is good. Uh, I, I especially think this is a, this is a great filler game, especially if you're into like sci-fi stuff. If you like, um, if you like the sci-fi shows, you know, Star Trek and things like that, this game is, has a lot of good, cool moments. If you're into ship combat, those sorts of themes like the theme on this one is great honestly it's not a well-used theme either i was gonna say i think this this game does have a little bit of kind of um like uniqueness to it yeah from that standpoint so i mean we're not talking zombies or western or pirates or mediterranean trading or any of the other um, overused themes that are out there. So, yeah, I, I think at $35, I think this is a good game for that. 
and if nothing else, I think the components sell it on that much. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. They, like I said, everything about the components we really enjoyed. Um, and I think having all wood components is unique. Yeah. Um, and, and like, it feels good. Like, I love the box. I love the way that it travels and everything. It's small. It's easy to pack. It's easy to take on a plane or somewhere. Um, it's all wood components. You're not going to set off any metal detectors. That's great. And when you break them out, they are they are just fun. And the ships look good and stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, easy. I, th- I think it's good. I was kind of on the edge, right? With like 34. What else would you get for 34? But looking at other games in that, you know, 35 to $40 range, definitely worth it. Yeah, short of like mass market games. So think board games and stuff that are available at Target, which even then a bunch of them are higher than that now. Um, I think 34, 35 is a good, good range for this game, especially because you're talking this is, I mean, again, all custom woodwork, like it all looks really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just across the board. So I, I think I'd probably put the value on this one at about an eight. Yeah. yeah. Um, just for, for what you're getting in the box. So let's talk overall, um, because this is kind of where we want to throw everything together. Um, I, I think that our, our main takeaway from this is the simple fact that this is a great bones of a game. Yeah. Like it has everything that you would want to see, like ready to go. I mean, this is to me, it feels like this game is in its final stages and there are just small tweaks that need to be made to like rule books and rule rewrites. Yes. Yes. Like, that that is one hundred percent where I feel we are at with this game. Absolutely. Um I, I think everything is is in place. Like it's it's not even a lot of changes to make. Um and you could even do them as alternate rule changes or think however you wanted to sure. do it. Um so the one thing for us though that I think is really holding us back is just that gameplay. Yeah. Um, so for me, I think I'd probably put this game at probably a six. That's where I, yeah. Yeah. Like you said, everything else is great. Um, the design is great. The theme is great. The components are great. I like all of that. Just when I break it out and play it, like I don't feel like an intergalactic ace. Like I should be feeling like Tom Cruise with like spiky pink hair or something. (laughs) And I, and I don't, and I don't because of all of the hits that you take in this game that are just, that are just a gut punch. Yeah. Right. Um, but all of that, like you said, can be easily mitigated. I feel, you know, because I think I, I like this game and I like what they're doing. I like that. They're all, they're doing it themselves. This game is supposed to deliver in October of this year as well. Yeah. If it, um, if you make it on game found, I think this game has a lot of potential. Yeah. Like I really do. And it might be something that maybe the, the rules changes and stuff have to wait till the expansion. Or something like that to make modifications to them, but man, like uh, for me, this game is because I'm not as big as a of a sci fi nerd yeah. as as you are, but it's coming from just a board gamer perspective. Like I want to like this game, yes, like very much so, and I think that's probably what took us so long to kind of record this. Is because we wanted to figure out how to make it work. Yeah. You know, I think the first couple of times we played, like you kept asking me, like, what, what's up? What are you doing? And I was like, I just, I, there's got to be a way to make this puzzle work. <laughs> and I just couldn't <laughs> figure it out. And, and I think, like we said, a lot of our suggestions are, are, I mean, they're not big changes, mm. but it's, it's more about 
giving the player that agency, making them feel like their decisions matter. Yeah. And because that, I think that has a lot to do with it because right now, whether you choose to upgrade or you choose to fight a ship or flip a card or whatever, it almost seems like it doesn't really, there, there's no, once you make that choice, it's like, eh. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. yeah. So. All right, guys. There you go. Our very long, very in-depth review of Intergalactic Ace. You can find it right now on GameFound. Go take a look at it. I, I feel okay suggesting this game. Yeah. I have backed it myself, so I put my money where my mouth is. Um, I want to see this thing go forward. I would love to see an expansion or just just getting this game to its potential. Yep. So go take a look. Um, you can tell them we sent you. Nobody will care, really. We're not anybody, but um, you can tell them anyway for fun. 